believe it or not, the humidity in the facility or the overall environment in the facility does impact uh, the printers, their health, the print heads, uh, not just for DTG, but for other technologies as well. And uh, you really need to make sure that you are in control of the environment or at least then adjust the settings of the systems to make sure that they are operating in the uh, best possible efficiency for the given environment. You're listening to Ideas Fulfilled, a podcast by Printful Enterprise with your host, Ilza. In this bi-weekly podcast, we'll meet with e-commerce and retail professionals to chat about burning topics in the retail space, as well as the challenges and sweet moments of victory they've experienced in the labyrinth of e-commerce. Today, I'm joined by Chris Wozos, Head of Operations, Strategic Partnerships and Research and Development at Printful. Chris's team manages research and development, outsourcing partnerships, supply chain projects and relations with key vendors. They also develop and implement ESG-related policies across Printful's supply chain. Thank you for joining us, Chris. Good to be here. Could you tell us a little bit about what you do at Printful, what your team does? Sure. So I am head of operation strategic partnerships at Printful, and uh, my team actually does a uh, pretty diverse type of uh, things I and mean, works on various types of projects. You could divide it into three separate pillars, if you will. The first one is R&D, so that is heavily focused on technology and uh, innovation implementation at Printful. Just to translate R&D, that's research and development, right? Yeah. Correct. Yes, yes, yes that's research and development. And um, it's a relatively new team within Printful, but it's growing quite rapidly because we're heavily investing in new technologies and uh, try to make sure that our existing operations are running as smoothly as possible and are basically optimized in terms of costs, productivity, et cetera. Obviously, quality as well. So the R&D team, yeah, they, they work together with the new product development team, uh, also obviously with the sales team, since we're trying to work with the enterprise-level customer base quite a lot, and also obviously with the wider operations and production in terms of making sure that um, all the uh, existing equipment that we have is maintained well and can be potentially upgraded or change to, to something better further down the road. Our focus is primarily quality and uh, print outcome standardization, I would say, across the fleet. What do you mean when you say print outcome standardization? Sounds fancy, but what does it mean? You wouldn't uh, believe it, but actually at Printful, um, each printer is basically relatively unique. Mm -hmm. uh, there are certain settings that we can align across the fleet. But uh, but each uh, branch or facility is operating relatively autonomously. And as a result, there are diff different factors that impact uh, the print outcomes globally. We have to make sure that those print outcomes are roughly the same everywhere and basically that you get the same color tones out of the printer if, if you submit the same design. So so that's a pretty big focus for us. I think that that's um, quite, quite a challenging thing for the direct-to-garment printing industry in general, because again, these printers may not necessarily be rocket ships, but uh, it takes knowledgeable people and uh, great effort to make sure that they run smoothly, efficiently, and also produce the same print outcomes, basically, so that our customers are happy. Yeah, we just need to make sure that that happens, that everybody follows the same procedures, and that if we uh, notice issues, then we troubleshoot them really quick and try to try to resolve them to make sure that those printers are back up and running. So that's uh, part of what the R&D team does. And obviously, there's the other aspect, which is 
innovations. So researching new types of technologies which are being rolled out in the market, um, that is very exciting. Obviously, everybody wants to work on projects like that because it's something completely new. So you need to do a lot of uh, research before you actually uh, potentially get a printer or other type of equipment to play around with. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, yeah, it's, it's basically doing a lot of tests, fine-tuning the potential outcome of whatever the product we're trying to decorate is. And uh, then we launch it and we get to see it grow. Basically, you know, how our customers react. Are they happy? Do we need to make some improvements further down the road or, you know, just try to scale production if, uh, you know, something picks up relatively well and uh, a product becomes uh, quite popular, then, uh, then we need to act fast as well to try to scale up that production. And that's a completely different thing as well from, from starting something out to try to figure out how we can scale this in a way that's still effective in terms of costs and speed and, and also quality and consistency. Mm. So yeah, I'd say that uh, recently I am fully engulfed with all these R&D projects right now, but, um, but my team does do some other things as well. Basically, the name Strategic Partnerships indicates that we, we obviously work with our vendors and equipment providers, right? So it's partially also related to R&D efforts, but in this case, it's more of a you know, relationship building. So I have uh, team members working on various types of projects that are sort of like long-term to, to, to be on good terms with these equipment providers, to be the first company to, to get all the latest stuff that they're rolling out. In some mm-hmm. cases, we want to be included in their beta tests or alpha tests and things like that. And so we need to make sure that we are working closely with them. And obviously, the other aspect is negotiating prices. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually uh, interesting. I mean, obviously, Printful is a very large player in the print-on-demand space. And so we do have some leverage, which is good. And so we come from a good position to the negotiating table. Usually, you know, we work things out relatively well with, with all the equipment providers. And it's usually a win-win situation because Printful can offer you know, scale also. If you want to work with us, then potentially you will have to supply all our facilities if we roll out some some new type of technology or product category. And that means also that we will be buying quite a lot of consumables or making sure that the printers are stable. So there's some SLA or maintenance agreement in place as well. So typically those are the things that our vendors really appreciate that we have a separate team working on this and uh, yeah, we can actually get a lot of things done really quickly, which is great. And then the third uh, pillar, going back to the start of this monologue, is uh, is basically uh, outsourcing and uh, supply chain mm-hmm. uh, relationships, if you will. So in terms of outsourcing, uh, it's a completely new thing for Printful, but uh, we've been doing it uh, quite efficiently for some time now. We, uh, we basically... Uh, decided at one point that in order for us to be successful in what we do, we can't always launch new products or new product categories Mm -hmm. in-house. In some cases, you just lack the experience, the know-how, how to do it, roll it out really quickly, or you don't really want to have that upfront investment if you don't know what the ROI potentially will be. So in such cases, we work with our trusted vendors or trusted partners who who provide their outsourcing services. We have a couple of products that we do uh, via outsourcing, and we obviously inform our customers whether the product is an outsourcing product or an in-house product. 
The one example would be shoes. Mm-hmm. To customize a shoe, you, you basically need to first, first of all, print on one of the surfaces, and then you basically need to put the shoe together, which is an immensely difficult uh, task, and um, it needs a certain type of equipment and a certain type of you know knowledgeable workforce to work with that which is something that uh, we actually had been trying to do for quite some time. I remember seeing some samples, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we realized that basically uh, we're, we're not going anywhere, so we might as well find somebody who has the expertise so we can work together. And uh, we found such a partner and um, are really happy with the results now, and I think that our customers are happy as well. Obviously, we still prefer to to operate, you know, uh, within the confines of our own facilities and launch things in house. But like I said, it's not always possible. And so, if the customers really want us to launch a certain product, and we see that potentially this is a quicker and maybe even a more efficient or cheaper or better way in general to do it, then we will try to also work with our partners. Yeah, you know, because first of all, I think we. We really care about what our customers want. And obviously, the customers want things today, yes. not, uh, not a year from now, right? So in some cases, it's just a quicker way to, to get get the product out. How do you pick the outsourcing partners? Because obviously, Printful has always been very open about the fact that uh, we, we care about the quality of the product. And once you outsource, you're sort of letting that leash go a little bit. So how do you pick which partners to work with? Yeah, it's no easy task, really. We, we try to work with a select few companies only, and uh, those companies have to be experts in their own field. So so they have to bring something to the table that Preful currently does not have. Mm-hmm. Plus, we need to trust them on several levels. They have to have similar cultures, similar approaches to doing business. And obviously, we, we also uh, try to inspect their operations as closely as possible. So another initiative that we have is uh, ESG activities, Mm -hmm. uh, developing our code of conduct, which I like to call basically supply chain transparency. Yeah, That's what my company does. And so in terms of supply chain transparency, it's really important that the the companies that we work with are transparent about their operations. Where do they source their products? How do they treat their employees? What's the impact on the environment? All mm-hmm. these aspects are very important to us, believe it or not. And we not only try to inspect the product quality and the potential, you know, capacity that they could have. So could they service us long term, for example? We also look at all these other aspects because we want to make sure that we work with, you know, the, the right type of partner for Printful. And again, that's sort of like part of our promise to the consumer or the customer, right? That, uh, that we will always try to ensure, you know, the top-notch quality and uh, our responsible approach to, to business practices. That's how we approach this. And it's, yeah, that's why we, uh, we don't really have a lot of outsourcing partners. We do have some, and typically they, they solve a specific problem for us in one product category. And that's probably how things will continue on moving forward as well. Makes sense. Good to hear that uh, it's not just the quality, but also the, the whole supply chain that uh, Printful cares about. You also mentioned that part of what your team does is researching and trying to implement innovations in the industry. So what sort of examples perhaps from what we've seen lately launched at Printful has been part also of your team's job? One very interesting project that we're trying to scale right now is uh, Color Reel technology. Color Reel is basically a new type of um, device that lets you decorate uh, threads while they're being embroidered on a product. So basically, it's sort of like an advanced embroidery 
or embroidery on steroids, if you will. So basically, <laughs> it um, eliminates a very big challenge within the embroidery category, which is limitations on colors, mm -hmm. because you can only have so many threads, and the thread is typically, you know, one color, right? So, so you can have like two, three colors on a design, but not more. And that sets a pretty big limitation on what you can actually embroider. Uh, not all designs are um, are embroiderable, if yeah. you will. So for us, it was really important to look at these new innovations uh, out there in, uh, in the market that could potentially, you know, uh, help us uh, remove that obstacle for our customers so that they can actually launch all the designs that they want. Um, and so Color Reel came along. So it's a very new uh, type of technology. It's a quite, quite a new company, actually. But they have been developing their product, their industrial printer, for quite some time. They're based out of Sweden. I think you actually had uh, them yes. on the show previously yes. as well. Yeah, first yeah. So episode. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. So I, I will not have to go into details about that too much. But, but basically, yeah. So uh, we worked with them. We realized that, OK, this, this is very promising. And we want to test it out. And uh, we had a very extensive and long beta test with Colorium. Because even though in, in theory it, it works relatively well in terms of you know embroidering uh, uh, and the embroidery equipment that we already have uh, was very easily compatible with, with that device because you pretty much have to put uh, a new printer on top of an existing embroidery machine. Oh, it's like machine. an add-on then, basically? You, you can't use it on your own, you add it to an existing equipment, yeah? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you, you, you mount it on the top. So it looks like uh, an alien technology, <laughs> basically, at the end of the day. You have an embroidery machine, which is relatively familiar to people and not very complicated, and then you put something like that on top. It looks like a helmet or something. <laughs> but the technology is really efficient and really good. But we did have some challenges along the way in terms of trying to fine-tune it. So one thing that we uh, we try to stick to at Printful is not to launch things that we are not completely sure that they will work. So we took some time to really uh, build the the trust and comfort and, and using this technology to roll it out to the, the wider audience at, at Printful. We did so in January, and now we're trying to scale it up. So we're adding new products constantly to to the uh, color reel um, uh, category, which uh, which seems to be working well. And there's a lot of interest from uh, from our customers, which is great. Um, the machines seem to be working very well, and we're planning to expand. So so now we're already in that stage where where we've proven that technology is uh, applicable or usable at Printful. Now it's the new challenge of scaling down up yeah. in all facilities or at least most facilities. There's a, a term that I've uh, heard uh, recently in connection to Printful, and I know that uh, we've started introducing it, which is direct to film. Can you tell a little bit more about that part? Have, has your team been involved in that as well? Yeah, so yes, we have actually. And um, that was uh, also an interesting development. So I believe uh, last year or a year and a half ago, something along those lines, the R&D found out that there is such a thing as direct-to-film. The technology has been out there for quite some time, but uh, in uh, in recent years, it had been developed to the point where it can actually be used for on-demand production. What's the difference between direct-to-garment and direct-to-film, roughly speaking? Yeah, it's it's actually uh, completely different, if you will. The, 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 the outcome is relatively similar, but uh, the technology is different. So with, uh, with DTG or uh, direct-to-garment printing, you basically have an in inkjet technology. So it's basically an 
a very large office printer <laughs> developed for industrial purposes where you put things like a t-shirt or a hoodie on and then it literally just uh, injects ink on the surface and mm -hmm. then we have to figure out a way how to make it stick and then so we use industrial dryers for that as well. With direct-to-fill, what you do is you, you literally print on a, a film, a roll of film. It's a transparent uh, plastic uh, surface that you uh, print on and then also uh, implement glue, which is typically in a powder form. Then you take it out, you uh, pretty much cut out the uh, piece of film that you want to apply to a surface to decorate a product. And uh, then you use a heat press, so, so a small machine where you basically apply heat and uh, pressure to make sure that the print sticks to the, um, the surface of the uh, fabric. And uh, as a result, you get a really nice print relatively quickly. They are typically known to be very durable, mm -hmm. thick, but they also have this plasticky feel. So uh, in my own personal opinion, they would probably not be best used for lighter garments like a t-shirt because you can really feel the print, if it, mm -hmm. especially if it's large and heavy. But, uh, but yeah, they work uh, wonders on various types of product. And they uh, actually help mitigate some of the risks that uh, come with direct-to-garment printing. Because it's um, even though it's um, relatively uh, efficient and uh, and has you know a potential for for large uh, large amounts of output, so so a DTG printer that that at least we have here is uh, very efficient. So it gets to roll out a lot of units per hour, mm -hmm. uh, which is great, and it's also obviously more sustainable. But with direct-to-film, it actually um, helps us decorate certain types of materials that previously we could not. One, for example, is polyester materials. So yeah. basically athletic wear, outdoor wear, all these various types of products that uh, that do not work well with direct-to-garment printing. For DTG, typically you would uh, print on, you know, a cotton fabric or, you know, a, a, a fabric that has a high blend of cotton in the mix, right? Mm -hmm. So so basically it opens up the doors for new product categories, which is again, great for our customers. But then in some cases, uh, right now in, in the, in the uh, wider industry, direct-to-film can be also applied to the traditional DTG type of product. In some cases, it um, does provide better outcomes. So we are exploring that uh, area as well. Hmm. Good to know. So, and uh, where in the whole process of uh, introducing direct-to-film to Printful we're at now? As I understand, it's available a little bit for some products for specific placements. We took our time. We didn't want to roll out something that we were not confident in. So with direct-to-film, we actually started out really small. We knew that there's an issue with the existing direct-to-garment technology in general, with, you know, irrelevant which printer you use, basically you just run into the same problems. For example, you can't really print nice, nicely on fleece uh, materials. Mm -hmm. And we have some very popular hoodies, which are, or sweatshirts, which are, you know, fleece on the inside. So for, for us, a big challenge was to figure out how we can print inside labels mm -hmm. on such, uh, such types of product. And uh, when direct film came along, we realized, okay, well, this is, this is perfect. We can use this technology specifically to solve this problem for us. And uh, that's what we started out with. And uh, for inside labels, the, the technology is perfect. You know, it's really something that we're looking at, at probably rolling out uh, more and more in all of these facilities. Right now, we only have, you know, two facilities equipped with uh, direct-to-film printers, which is, again, something that we've decided to, you know, do a slow start on. 
and then scale if we see that the technology is actually applicable and can, can basically solve different problems for us. So that's one example. But then uh, the other is, yeah, so now we're planning to roll out new products as well. Mm -hmm. I just apply this technology for a specific print area, but uh, roll it out in general. We we actually have pretty big plans. So right now we're, I would say we're still in sort of like an extended beta stage where we try to work with a select few customers and then also try to launch only a few products in general to see how the printers react. Because again, it's not just about the print outcome itself, but also are the printers reliable enough? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a relatively new technology for our industry. Uh, all the equipment providers are rolling out new types of printers relatively quickly, sometimes maybe too hastily. So in order for us to figure out which systems we want to use, we need to, you know, stress test them basically. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing right now. So potentially we might be jumping from one technology to the other just to find the right balance between, you know, the volume that you can do on a daily basis and then also the quality and durability aspect. Because uh, like I said, the prints are typically very durable, but there is some science that needs to put it, to be put into that to, to really nail down the, the top quality that you're looking for. I remember hearing myths I don't know if it's a myth. Perhaps you can help me understand. It was more about direct to Garmin, but I remember someone saying that it depends on so many factors, like one and the same printer put even in just different facilities with different, I don't know, levels of temperature might work differently because of that difference in temperature. Is that true? Is that how detailed it is usually? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So so that's, uh, that's a pretty big uh, challenge. So um, I mean, if you only operate from one facility, it's relatively easy. Or if you have two, it's still manageable. But Printful has a dozen different mm -hmm. facilities all over the world. And believe it or not, the humidity in the facility or the overall environment in the facility does impact uh, the printers, their health, the print heads. Uh, not just for DTG, from, but for other technologies as well. And uh, you really need to make sure that you are in control of the environment or at least then adjust the settings of the systems to make sure that they are operating in the uh, best possible efficiency for the given environment. So let's say we have a very large facility in Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, it is um, relatively cold at times and very hot at times. You know, that does impact uh, the system health and reliability. It's a relatively dry environment. So that also has a pretty huge impact on the way we have to treat our systems. So we might need to put humidifiers. But then there's all of a sudden this rainy season and then the, there's human in and of itself. So you don't need that anymore. You need to actually try to make sure that there's it's not it's not getting too humid. You know, so all these things uh, play a role because uh, even though, like I said, those printers are not spaceships, they, they still, still are relatively complex industrial machines mm. and they need to be maintained very well. What we don't want to happen is uh, a situation where one printer all of a sudden starts acting out and basically it, it may go unnoticed because it's very hard to determine when you're looking at a t-shirt that has just been printed out whether or not that's the desired outcome. You know, mm -hmm. you can look at the mock-up file and, and obviously we do inspect that and cross-reference. But um, in some cases, the, the color tones can be slightly different. So actually, I think that uh, we're one of the rare companies who's trying to go above and beyond and even solve these, you know, smaller differences that maybe are uh, the end consumer doesn't even notice. 
But uh, for us, it's important to nail it down because we don't want to have a situation where somebody orders several shirts of the same design or mm-hmm. similar design, and they get different print outcomes, even if it's you know one or two printers that have been printing them only. So, so we try to go very meticulously into the details to make sure that that doesn't happen. I hope that our customers do appreciate it. I mean, obviously, you can't always win. Uh, especially at our scale, there are some, you know, errors that mm-hmm. happen, uh, but we do try to minimize them as much as possible. And I think that being open and honest and transparent about our processes is key to making sure that we do build this trust and relationship with our consumers as well. You mentioned working on ESG-related projects. Can you translate us for for us mere mortals? What is ESG? <laughs> sure. So basically, ESG stands for environmental, social, and corporate governance, or in some case, just governance. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a pretty uh, broad definition. There's a lot of things that are actually beneath the the surface. So one aspect is obviously quite straightforward, that is environmental issues. And basically, ESG as as a policy is something that each company needs to build to make sure that their business practices are executed in a way that's uh, legal mm-hmm. <laughs> within the the local government and also ethical in terms of you know human rights in terms of the way you treat your employees and also in some some other aspects so but uh, let's let's try to break it down so so basically environment Mm-hmm. is the uh, the most straightforward one, as I said, because obviously you, n- you need to have some sustainability policies and literally, you know, in, uh, your environmental impact decreasing policies in place at the company, especially a company like Printful, we, where we also manufacture a lot of items. Obviously, we try to make sure that we are not just, you know, operating in a very efficient way that is translated into a cheaper product for the end consumer, but we also try to do it very responsibly and make sure that there's not a lot of waste. So the on-demand industry in general is considered to be a lot less wasteful since you only produce items that have already been sold, which is great. Mm-hmm. But we really wanted to move forward as a company and you know, sort of like uh, spearhead uh, the way or other on-demand manufacturers in terms of you know, what the, a responsible business model could look like. And so we, uh, we do put a lot of effort in these sustainability aspect. Uh, one crucial element there is obviously also making sure that it's not just us that are you know behaving ethically and responsibly, but also our supply chain that mm-hmm. I mentioned before, right? And because when you have to work with a lot of blank manufacturers, like t-shirt manufacturers, you need to make sure that their supply chains are transparent and uh, fully uh, ethical, if you will, which is a challenge, but uh, it's something that you just have to do. And so if you if you want to just break it down, you could say that uh, the environmental aspect there is obviously so your own pollution and waste reduction or you know, efforts to at least understand the amount of waste that you uh, that you actually have each year as a result of your business mm-hmm. practices. In some rare cases, it can be about uh, resources in general, like in terms of our industry, that's not so applicable. It would be more geared towards things like cutting out forests, so which obviously and luckily we do not do. But obviously there's other elements like that come along with doing business and industrial setting, which is, for example, greenhouse gas emissions. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that we, we uh, act responsibly and try to make sure that our footprint is as little as it can possibly be. 
And uh, a lot of our customers are also very uh, vested in this and uh, they care about these things. So we try to work together in some cases and really listen also to what the customers are demanding because it's sort of like a pivotal moment right now in, in the wider industry in general. People have come to the realization that, okay, we need to act, right? Mm -hmm. you know, the, the environment is changing, there's global warming, all these other uh, aspects. So you know, if you're going to do business, you might as well make sure that you do it in a responsible and sustainable way, or at least be as sustainable as you possibly can. And uh, for us, that also means that we're trying to impact the uh, the fashion industry in general, or try to make sure that you know what can be produced on demand is produced on demand. So we are trying to advocate for this on a, on a wider setting across the industry because uh, obviously the fashion industry in general has a lot of waste. There's a lot of unsold product at the end of the day, mm -hmm. and that uh, then it goes straight to the landfill, which is which is horrible. And um, we do believe that by making our business as efficient as possible, we could actually help some of these companies out, reduce their waste. And uh, obviously, it's a win-win for both sides. It's more business, but but in a more responsible way. Do you think everything should be produced on demand? I doubt that everything can be produced on demand. Obviously, there there is a pretty big impact on the overall cost of things because you know if you produce things on demand with a minimum order quantity of one unit, it tends to be a little bit more expensive. Mm -hmm. But uh, Now, with all the uh, strains on supply chains and uh, and issues with shipping and gas prices going up and energy costs, it actually seems to be uh, working well for the on-demand uh, model in, in some ways because a lot of companies across a lot of different industries are trying to move back their productions closer to to where they are. So mm -hmm. you could say that uh, previously the, the way of doing things was offshoring yeah. production. So basically doing it in a country far, far away where you can, for, for obvious reasons, do things cheaper. Maybe also those uh, places are less regulated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of companies had to been building their industrial capabilities off uh, overseas. Now, as a direct result of these, you know, ship longer, longer shipping times or more expensive shipping costs, they're trying to nearshore this production again, moving it closer to the end consumer, which is, uh, again, great for the environment. You know, you cut a lot of CO2 emissions by, you know, operating closer to home. Mm. You also help the local communities because typically, obviously, this, you know, moving production closer to home means creating new jobs. And uh, so, so it has a lot of positive impacts on both the environment and, you know, the society in general. And uh, on-demand manufacturing obviously is tending to also be located very close to the end consumers. Yeah. Since it's sort of like the, the last leg of the journey where we, we have the items ready, we produce them, and then we dropship them to, to your customer, you know, in a very quick and efficient way. And that means, yeah, we cut a lot of these CO2 emissions off and also ensure that, you know, we, our business practices are obviously a lot more transparent and easy, easily auditable compared to, you know, some of these other countries where, where certain industries tend to have their operations. So that's, uh, that's a pretty big difference there. Do you think that these supply chain issues that we've seen, I think, since the beginning of pandemic, basically, are they going to continue or is it calming down a little bit? Well, I'd say that they are calming down, but uh, one One uh, crucial thing is that it looks like the costs of logistics 
will not be going down anytime soon, if ever. So that means that uh, also as a result of inflations and various markets, you will have to you know spend more money to to get the same product because uh, the supply chains are actually quite fragile and again dependent on these uh, these uh, shipping planes, shipping containers, etc. So um, obviously, if uh, those companies that are operating logistics are impacted by by price increases, that also means that. Uh, further down the road, companies like Printful are also impacted with, uh, with the same price increases. So mm-hmm. it's necessary, necessary to adjust the, the pricing. But again, you know, it really depends how you look at it because in some ways on-demand manufacturing at one point could actually become more cost-efficient than, than ordering large quantities of product being manufactured in bulk somewhere else and then have it drop shipped or, or you know, shipped in large containers to a warehouse somewhere. So for a company looking to to produce items, it's really important to understand, you know, what they're getting into. Because if you order, let's say, 10,000 units of one product, will you be able to sell it off at the end of the day? Maybe you'll have to put a, you know, discounted rate on it eventually. And by doing that, you, you basically technically are losing money. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, just doing it the on-demand way could be better for for your business model, but it really depends. So we're not pushing this. I mean, it takes uh, for the company itself to realize that they want to try it out and experiment with on-demand manufacturing. But um, if anyone is open to to trying it out, then we're happy to do so and, and help them out because I think that Printful has definitely scaled its uh, capabilities to to offer services to a pretty broad area of uh, companies, depending on the products or merchandise that they want to customize. Hmm. So from that perspective, I think that um, that there's definitely a lot room for, for potential growth in the future. And uh, you obviously, your team does a lot of research and just looking at the innovations that are out there. Anything exciting in the future that you, you're really particularly happy about or interested in how it's going to develop, develop either in the POD industry or wider in e-commerce? Well, th- there are some trends going on. So in terms of literally production and also sustainability, so one aspect is cutting uh, costs in terms of inks or consumables and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to strive to achieve the same result using less. And um, I think there are good advances uh, going on, both in the printing equipment technology and also the chemical science of uh, creating inks and uh, and fixation agents that uh, show promise that we can actually reduce our our ink usage, if you will, which again is a more sustainable way of doing business, which is great. The other aspect is automation. So automation is obviously key in making sure that uh, you are operating very quickly, you know, effectively and at a lower cost base per unit. So we are excited about some advancements in, in that regard as well. And then looking at the larger picture, then obviously AI is, you know, the, the recent buzzword. I was waiting for you to bring it out. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very exciting. You know, I think that most of us have already tried out some, some form of uh, AI, uh, little helpers uh, mm-hmm. that, that can generate content and create images. And I think that for the on-demand industry as well, I mean, obviously, it's uh, it's exciting to see that now you don't need to be a designer to create very complicated uh, images mm-hmm. that can potentially be applied on 
various types of merchandise. So I think that that will open the door for a lot of people to actually start realizing their ideas without having to wait for somebody else to design and pour it out, right? And so, so now they could use an AI tool to, to design it and get it. Probably in the future, there, there will be some regulatory things in place. I'm not sure about the ownership of such content created. Mm. So that's probably up to discussion. But uh, I do see that people are creating these crazy things now using AI in terms of looking at designs and, and images and new concepts of how, how things are done and portrayed. So I think it's very exciting. And for the time being, I think that a lot of people will be able to generate uh, great new original content, which is, again, something that we can help them, out, help them out with if they decide to ever put it on a product. Nice. So uh, where our listeners can find more information about Printful or connect with you? Number one, obviously, go to printful.com. Mm -hmm. It's a great, great source for, uh, for uh, searching things about Printful. But uh, in terms of reaching out to me, you can, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. So uh, Christian is... Uh, Chris Wuzzles. So uh, you can just uh, go by Chris Wuzzles. I think you'll find me as well. And uh, we can connect there. I uh, tend to reply to uh, a lot of messages and you know, always looking out for potential partnerships with some that nature. Great. Well, thank you for joining us today, Chris. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to our conversation with Chris Wuzzles from Printful. If you want to work with Printful, visit Printful.com or connect with Chris on LinkedIn. Check the episode description, you'll find all the necessary links and information there. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode of Ideas Fulfilled by Printful Enterprise. 